Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, July 29th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. Kyle Sapi is the guardian of our galaxy, and I am Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, we have trades to talk about, including your Yankees, and more trades will happen. We're recording this on Thursday morning, but the trade deadline in baseball is Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern time, and you're laughing. Why are you laughing? I, I'm, I've got that our guardian of the galaxy stuck in my head. I can tell you one, one person, Kyle's not, he's not Drax. <laughs> he's probably the exact opposite. <laughs> I don't know the movie. I just know Isn't the name. Drax the big, strong guy. The big, strong guy who doesn't know any sort of cultural references. <laughs> it could be me, you know, minus the physical build, but you know, it could be that. You know, most of the current cultural references. We're the ones who don't. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, yep. let's talk Go about trades. So um, I don't know. The ESPN trade deadline is probably what, like a couple weeks away. So look up and see what that is. Um, maybe can Kyle can look that up. It kind of changes every it. year. But there were a bunch of trades yesterday that we're going to get to. And in most cases here, we shouldn't spend a whole lot of time on them because like Joey Gallo was a valuable fantasy asset as a Texas Ranger. And I don't think it changes much as the New York Yankees. Are you going to hit a lot more home runs? Well, people think he will, but. He's rostered in every league. Starling Marte, rostered in every league. Eduardo Escobar, rostered in every league. So I'm not sure. I think it's kind of the other guys. It's the new closers that we should get to. But let's start with this. Um, I've got the you, date for it. It's Friday, August 20th at noon ET. Friday, August 20th. Okay, so it's uh, three weeks from tomorrow. So that's good. Good to know. That's an ESPN standard league, but check your league and make sure that it's the same. Joey Gallo, what does this mean for his fantasy baseball value going to the Yankees? Probably not as much as people are going to assume it does. It does help boost his home run profile a little bit, but this guy hits the ball super far anyway. So that short porch is not going to make as big a deal as people think it's going to. Uh, it's it's going to re uh, uh, what, 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 it's going to reinforce his candidacy as the American League's home run champion from this point forward. He probably will will be a strong candidate to lead the majors and homers from this point forward. Okay. Okay. I can, I can deal with that. And nothing that went back to Texas is, is something we need to talk about yet on this show. Starling Marte going to Oakland for somebody very interesting. Does Marte's value change? Obviously this is an NL to AL trade. So if you're in an AL only format, Starling Marte, you break the bank and you t- you spend whatever you can. This is a five category player. So Marte is interesting in AL only, whereas in a mixed league, I would argue this doesn't change him at all, really. So what do you think? Are you moving up Gallo and or Marte in your rankings because of these trades? I am moving up Gallo. It's probably going to be 15 to 20 overall spots. It's probably going to be two or three outfield uh, ranking spots. That doesn't sound like much. It is noticeable. Um and, and and one of the things that's interesting about those two is we haven't yet seen the lineups for their teams as to where they place them. Does Gallo bat second? Does Marte bat second? These would be premium spots that would reinforce their fantasy values in both cases. I agree with you. Marte, nothing changes in mixed leagues. Gallo gets a slight bump in mixed leagues. In Marte's case, yeah, that is probably going to be the big name that comes over from the national league, the American league and AL only leagues. Definitely. I agree with you. Open up the fab wallet. I, I know I will be in the leagues where I have a chance to get it. Do Texas and Miami have any outfielders that you would call fantasy relevant in mixed leagues after these trades? Leo Tavares, Lewis yeah. Brinson, anybody? 
well, I mean, most of them are the ones who still were. I mean, Adam Duvall has his value. He probably is going to end up somewhere else too. Well, might end up somewhere else too. Um, Texas, I think we're looking more AL only in Texas's outfield. And that includes Tavares. I hope they call him up and give him another chance to play. The problem with Tavares is that it's a, it's a, we've already seen it from the beginning of this year, an extremely wide range of outcomes that he could provide you. The reason I like him is just he can fill homers and steals. So you might as well make the speculative pickup. But again, AL only. All right. So you wrote the spin on, the, on both these trades. Jesus Lazardo in Miami now. Um, it's a bad season. And for a lot of reasons. But are you buying him in a dynasty league? Are, are you still sticking with Lizardo as one of the top young pitchers in baseball? As long as the person who rosters him has lost even half the faith that it seemed that Oakland did by sending him to the minors after having put him in the bullpen. I think it's a good time to get him in a dynasty or a keeper league. I think that people who have him are going to be growing impatient. They, and especially right now. People who have them might be trying to compete for a championship, so it's a good time to strike. I think Miami did it. I think you should follow suit in fantasy leagues and try to get him now on the cheap. The issue is that this might not make much of a difference for him the rest of this year. That's another guy with a wide range of outcomes, and I think he's a better prospect than Tavares is, but he could be a complete disaster in Miami as he works through some of the issues. His fastball was a disaster to begin this season. He needs major reworking of it, and it could be 2022 before he really has everything click. Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, Sixto Sanchez, Cabrera, yep. Edward, Lazardo. They've got pitching in Miami. Elijah Hernandez. Yeah, Eliezer. I'm not as high on Lazardo now as you are, but still a very interesting prospect to see what he does. It's, um, it's uh, not a matter of being high on him. It's a matter of that there is the opportunity. I mean, I don't think we should be giving up on a guy in 109 major league innings. Do you? I agree with you, but if I had him right now in a league, obviously I would trade him for this season for whatever I can. But in a dynasty, I'd consider trading him as well. I, I I trust Oakland, and if Oakland, I understand Oakland's renting Starling Marte, and they traded away Lazardo. That kind of tells me something. When Tampa Bay does this too, they're like, Rich Hill isn't staying healthy the rest of the season. That's what Tampa Bay did. They're telling us that. And with Lazardo, I think Oakland's telling us something there. I really do. Oakland also did it while not paying a cent to get Marte. They won't have to pay him at all. So that's yeah, why that's, they're giving up a premium prospect. They have to trade from somewhere, and Miami was willing to take a chance they could correct him. And you know what? In their defense, they've got some pretty good young pitchers. Is that scouting in advance of getting them in the organization, or is that development within the organization? I don't know the answer to that, but we will see going forward. I mean, the emergence of Caprellian and Dalton Jeffries they think is going to be good. They can afford to trade Lazardo. Moving sure. on. Eduardo Escobar, does his value change? You know, he he leads all National League third baseman in home runs. And I think he's second in the majors to Devers and homers and RBI at the position. So he, he's having a decent season. It's a low batting average, doesn't run. But, you know, Milwaukee doesn't score that much more than Arizona. I'm not going to give you a Kesson Hurer or a Christian Yelich rant right now. But if those guys were hitting, they wouldn't have had to do this trade. I think Escobar plays a lot of first base, actually, um, because you're not going to sit Colton Wong. And Orius is fine, you know, nothing special. But why would you? I mean, even against righties, he's got mixed. He's got the. Um, He's hitting better against righties than lefties, Urias is. I, I didn't know that until I looked it up. Yeah. So why would you sit him? Rowdy Tellez can be like a bench guy, but I bet Escobar plays quite a bit at first base. That was the first thought I had, too. I like that. I agree with you that he might get most of his time there. And in, is it really that bad a thing if Milwaukee adopts the Arizona plan to the infield where they just shuffle guys around day by day? They just give a day off here, there, and it doesn't doesn't really hurt anybody's individual fantasy value that much. Escobar's loss in potential playing time here is 
I think offset by the fact he goes to a great hitter's ballpark. I don't think he loses any playing time. I think he plays every single day at first, second, or third. I, I That's my feeling. I, I think don't bats- think anyone does. That, that's the same thing with Frazier, though. They're not going to play literally every single day. They're going to have their occasional days off because they have a roster that supports it. But I don't think in the end it's going to matter more than 10 or 15 people. I don't think Whatever. they have a roster that supports it. I don't think Rowdy T- Tellez makes you sit Eduardo Escobar with 22 home runs. I don't, but we'll see. I mean, look, you're right. Moving to a better offense in theory, okay, Milwaukee's only out. No, no, a better, a better ballpark and situation. Okay, yeah, uh, I, I think Escobar is. I look to maybe you would trade away Escobar now after this trade if you think he's going to lose playing time. I don't. I actually, you know what though, with Escobar, you mentioned this before. He is an extremely annually underrated fantasy player. I know he had a disappointing year last year, but he has been excellent. Two years ago, he was great. One of the best bang for the buck picks that you could get, and this year he's looking somewhat similar. The Astros have a better bullpen now uh, setting up Ryan Presley. They've got Yimmy Garcia from Miami, their closer, and they got Kendall Graveman from Seattle in a very odd interdivision trade. And the Mariners did not have a good series. And they were playing in the same park at the time that yeah. it was made. <laughs> it, it just says something bad. But Seattle had to know that they were overachieving a little bit. By the way, Kendall Graveman's not the best relief pitcher in Seattle's bullpen. Paul Sewell is having a better season than Kendall Graveman. Nobody wants to talk about that. Sewell could get end up traded today, too. He'd be a setup man somewhere. But I think this is pretty obvious. Presley's the closer, and Graveman and uh, Yumi Garcia are n- no longer going to get saves. So if that means you want to drop them in ESPN Standard Leagues, I would agree with that. But somebody's left behind. Paul Sewell is clearly Seattle's closer. But again, that could change in the next 24 hours. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm even with you on that, even if he stays. I'm not sure it's a— Second rider? I think Steckenrider might have a chance. I think they could go very well to the Montero and uh, Graveman bullpen they had in April and May using those two players. I'm with you that Sewold is the guy you invest in, but I think there's a chance it's a combo. Miami could trade like their top three setup, man. They're all older guys in their 30s, Floro, Bass, um, uh, Rocky Blyer. But what about uh, Anthony Bender? So who would you rather roster right now if you have one spot in your bullpen? Anthony Bender of Miami or Paul Sewold of Seattle? If I'm doing it this minute, oh, if it, uh, it's got to be Sewell, doesn't it? It's got to be Sewell, yeah. Um, and and I could go to the ballpark and the fact that the Marlins will be fighting at tough, close wins, but I'm not. I, I actually am more convinced that Sewell is the closer in Seattle. I have more confidence in that being the case than I am in whether it's Floro or Bender in Miami. And as you said. Floro and Sewell themselves could be trade candidates. Blyer is another guy who's been on the trade market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's it for the trades. Players are yet to be moved. Max Scherzer apparently is starting in like a half an hour in Philadelphia in the rain, despite obvious trade stuff going on there. That's just not smart, Washington. It's just not smart in the least. You should scratch him from this outing. And maybe they will by the time we end the show. Maybe they've um, been asked to audition him, show he's healthy. Who knows? That's ridiculous. <laughs> every, every team knows how great know. he is. Um, the, the Cubs still have to move some other guys. Chris Bryant. Craig Kimbrell, no need to keep them around. Baez. Baez. I don't know if they move Baez. I want to see Baez on the Reds. He Depending and free agent. I want to see he and Amir Garrett as teammates. That'd be wow. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, COVID has hit a couple teams. Obviously, Washington, their game on Wednesday was postponed against Philadelphia. Trey Turner, 10-day uh, isolation. Christian Yelich tested positive as well. There's nothing good about testing positive, but in Yelich's case, he's slugging 367. So maybe his back needs 10 days off. So I think there's a silver lining in the Christian Yelich situation because he is just not helping fantasy managers at all through four months of the season. One of the biggest busts in fantasy, no power whatsoever. And maybe in 10 days, he'll have it back. We'll see. Um, Eloy Jimenez came back. 
two hits and a home run in his uh, on Tuesday, including a game-winning homer, and then he left Wednesday's game with a groin injury, but we don't know how serious it is. He may not miss any time at all. Um, but it's nice to see him back, and it certainly helps the Chicago lineup. So, yep. And I've seen Jimenez getting traded in a couple of my leagues, so either people don't believe or they really, really believe. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, People are, hmm. are all in on Eloy right now, um, which yeah. I kind of am too. I don't see why, unless he's hurt again. But. Unless he's hurting. Well, we'll see how that plays out. But so far, so good. Cleanup man, and he's splitting the DH left field time with Andrew Vaughn. It's a pretty locked-in role. What, what do you make of Joey Votto? Um, he was offered to me in a couple leagues, and I passed. Either the price wasn't right, or I'm just not buying this home run surge. He's homered every day this week. He's got homers in like six straight games. And um, I always felt that – actually, he's got two, four. He's got seven home runs in the past five games, along with the commensurate runs yeah. batted in. Because he had back-to-back back, uh, two home yeah. games. So against bad Cubs pitching and now he's up to 19 home runs and 276. And, you know, 10 days ago he was at like 250 something. So um, it's quite the surge, but are you buying this? Are you think Joey Votto is going to keep doing this for the rest of the season? I always felt like Ichiro in some ways that Votto could hit home runs whenever he wanted, but then the last couple of seasons, he obviously did not. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I I want to embrace what he's done to change his game. I mean, and he he's been outspoken about what exactly he's done to add more power to it, and not has not come at a great amount of sacrifice to batting average or on base percentage. It's it's definitely changed him a little bit, but the aging curve was already going to contribute to that in the first place. The only reason I'm not all in on Votto from you know you're mentioning you're getting trade proposals for him, it's five injuredless stints since the beginning of August in 2018. So in what's approaching three years to the day. He's been on the DL or IL five times. He's had a hard time staying healthy. That's not uncommon for a player this age. And that's what worries me is that I don't know that he's making these changes and giving you a high volume of it. Moving on now, it's time for the combo meals and Tristan will sing for us. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. Uh, these players were making moves last week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. All three of the players that had a combo meal since our last show are very interesting right now on Tuesday, Harrison Bader, of the Cardinals and Brian Anderson now healthy for Miami. And on Wednesday, Abraham Toro a day after being on a different on the Astros does it for Seattle. Yeah. The game running Homer too. Didn't he that day before? Yes, and he's playing. And he played second base in the second game for Seattle. He can play second and third. So um, I think it's fair to ask rank these players the rest of the season in fantasy. Um, Bader, Anderson, and uh, Toro. What would you do there? Question. Yeah, and they're they're different style players by a good amount. I I'm trying to flip the coin in my mind between the two Tuesday players. I think it's Anderson, Bader, Toro, and I think it's pretty close between these three. Bader's the Bader's the very difficult one to rank. Don't Bader you Bader is a is a potential base stealer, like 20 25 bases stolen, but he never hit right-handed pitching before. He's and a now horrible he, batting average guy. But he's hitting it now. So, like he's in a good run here, Harrison Bader. You can make the cases more valuable than Votto if he steals bases. Brian Anderson missed much of the year with the shoulder, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Anderson, Anderson, when he is right, has been a reasonably productive, consistent, reliable. Two, yeah, you know, I thought that too. Guy. I thought that, and then I looked him up, and I was like, that's all there is with Brian Anderson? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the Brian Anderson has, has hit, never, he's hit 
He's hit more than 11 home runs in one major league season. He's never knocked in 70 runs. He's not winning a batting title. He's not a base stealer. Brian Anderson may be a little overrated. Now, I want to see what he does here, but like, it's not like Brian Anderson has much of a track record that's better than Bader. (laughs) It isn't. I, yeah, and I, th- I think with these three guys, ultimately you're going with what you need between positions or categories. The Bader concern I have, you mentioned it. He might be on a hot stretch right now, but a cold spell is inevitably coming at some reasonably near point. He is one of the most peak and valleys type players in fantasy. He batted 177 against right-handed pitching a season ago and 215 in 2019, and now he's a 299. So maybe he's made some actionable changes here, but we know he's fast. He can run. He's got a little pop. He's the most interesting player to me here. And Toro obviously is going to be in Seattle's lineup for the next five years. That's why they made the trade for Graveman. It does make sense. And fantasy managers, it does make sense. If you're not going to win this season, trade away guys who are in the last year of a contract or their salary is going up or whatever and try to get something for your future. Abraham Toro, I think, could be fantasy. Why can't Abraham Toro be Brian Anderson next year with, with a little bit of speed and second base eligibility? I think Abraham Toro is better than Brian Anderson. I think that might be true. I don't think that he has the power-leaning approach. Maybe he's what Brian Anderson was at the point that he reached the majors, but I don't think there's a lot of genuine power in that bat. That's the only problem I have with Toro from a skills perspective. I don't think he's a big-time power guy. All right, now to move on to the relief pitchers and Tristan Sings to close our carousel. It's the closer carousel. All right, we already mentioned a couple of bullpens, so we're not going to go over them again. Seattle changed. Texas will change. I don't know why they, they would keep Ian Kennedy, but it's not going to be Joe Lee Rodriguez next in line because he's now a Yankee. Weirdly and enough. Josh Spores is now on the injured list, I believe. No, I think he's paternity. Oh, that's, that's right. He's on the paternity list. But yeah. Pete Fairbanks went on the injured list. He left that Yankee game in the middle of the 10th inning. So I bet Kittredge would get – the, you know, they would move up in the hierarchy here after Diego Castillo, but you know, they're going to make a trade of some sort and get something else. Mm-hmm. Um, any other bull, Richard Rodriguez is still a pirate. Maybe he's be a Philly today, or maybe he won't no. be. I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the Phillies have the trade after the, the trade the other day blew up for Tyler Anderson. We didn't talk about Tyler Anderson early because I don't think he manages all. Managed, he, we didn't talk about Cesar Hernandez earlier either. <laughs> Cesar Hernandez didn't get traded. Didn't white Sox. Cesar Hernandez got traded to the White Sox? Apparently, that's what Passon's saying. Oh, okay. Say, wow. Uh, the White Sox are finalizing a deal to acquire Cesar Hernandez, yeah. All right, they need a second base. Oh, that's very interesting to me. I, well, you know, Tyler Anderson happened three days ago. I think that's a little different than saying Cesar yeah. Hernandez got traded oh, yeah. seconds ago. I didn't even know about that. For a Philly who has basically decided, I'm going in for power and do nothing else. That's what Cesar Hernandez is this year. He's got 18 home runs, but he's not getting on base. He's, not, he's only slugging 431. He's not really having a very good season I'll, at I'll all. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea he hit the number of homers he had. I'm watching the game yesterday, and they mentioned that's the 18th homer, and I'm thinking, 18 homers? I didn't think he could ever hit that many in a year. You know why I knew it? Because I cut him in a, in a league where I could use that power next year. Yeah. I really thought it was in the low double digits. I I mean, 18 is hey, good for him. He's still yeah. failing out for power, but you know, the White Sox aren't going to bat him first in the lineup. So no, he, he goes true. there and he bats eighth or ninth. Actually, so. they with the White Sox, you never know, but I agree with you all by all, you know, by all rights, he should bat, be batting seven, eight, nine. Anyway, back to the closers. Um, is there anything? So the Arizona had Joaquin Soria pitch the eighth inning. Yeah. And Top Tyler Clippard. He's pitched, pitched the ninth inning in Wednesday's win. So I don't know what happens there, but they both could be traded, you know. So again, this is kind of for Monday to find out who's still around. 
what if that was just to prove to trade yep. candidates that he could handle a well, everybody high leverage role? Clippard? Who's yeah. trading for Tyler Clippard? Really? I'm sure that they are shopping him around. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to, you get nothing. You get cash for him. I mean, like, that's, you know, to, to teams these days, maybe that's a win. Right. I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think. I Otherwise, I, I don't take anything from his getting a save yesterday. Taylor Rogers on the injured list. Hansel Robles, another trade commodity. Uh, but he's their closer now, and I, I doubt he would share it with anybody else. He's not very um, good. No, he's not. He's Tyler Clippard like. <laughs> and look, when I say not very good, I couldn't do it. Hansel Robles does. But of course, you know. Yeah. He, he's not a great option in fantasy. Let's put it they're, that way. And yeah, Minnesota's not going to win more in the final two months. They traded away Cruz. Jose Barrios, according to our editors, on their way out. So you want to write up Jose Barrios or should I? I you know, I'm like, surprised. I'm very surprised by I don't that. Why they would do that? Why would the Twins trade Barrios? They must feel that the return they're getting is worth it, that the prospect capital they're getting back they is They could win 90 games next season. I know. The only major change is they, they dealt Nelson Cruz, and they can get him back. So, yeah. like, I don't understand why the Twins would sell, like, important pieces of their roster that ha- that they have team control over for next Jose, year. Probably because Jose Barrios is the Eduardo Escobar of pitchers. He is underappreciated, period. Oh, I think he's a lot better than that. But, yeah, okay. No, I mean, no, we, no, 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 we no, We rank no. him in the top 20 starting pitchers. So what I like, said 15 minutes ago. The yeah, underrated. Escobar, nobody has as a top The player. underrated, not the player. Just the word underrated right in here. <laughs> I'm All not right. saying they're the same. <laughs> Looking at the schedule here, uh, the Thursday's action has already begun. Rain, well, maybe not because of the rain in Philadelphia and New York, but uh, let's look later in the day here and see if there's anything interesting to discuss. And Eduardo Rodriguez of Boston, is he interesting to you? Didn't he leave his last outing after like an inning or something? I, I don't like this matchup, but I like Rodriguez as a buy low right now. I, I would get it, I would get a jump on that bandwagon. Over under for pitches and innings for David Price at San Francisco today. I'll set it at four and two thirds and 75 pitches. And that's the problem. Yeah. And that's a good projection. I'll take the under and the over, but I can't, I can't roster David Price. I cut him in a a shallow league because I can't, I can't invest in a guy who's not going to pitch more innings. What are they waiting for? Next start is Wednesday home Houston. That's also not a, an appealing matchup. So when are you getting to use them? You're waiting another two weeks. Exactly. I can't wait any longer in that league. Friday Mm. schedule. Again, uh, the big, big, big deal on Friday is no day games. The trade deadlines at 4 PM Eastern time. Tristan, I'll be writing about it. And Tristan will be redoing his forecaster for the Scherzer and Barrios trades and whoever else gets moved. Um, John Gray, you know, there's rumors about him going to the Phillies, which frankly would be the most like other than Rick Porcello signing with the Phillies, John Snow going to the Phillies would be the most awesome thing for me to discuss on this show on Monday. But I think it's interesting though, Justin, if John Gray's having a good year, he's at San Diego Friday night. What if he ends up on a team, obviously, yeah. in Coors Field? Like, are we going to say, I want your opinion here because we, you know, we may not get it Monday. What do you think of John Gray if he's on pretty much any other team? And what I worry is that the teams most likely to get him are yours and mine. Um, I think he will get traded. And I actually think we should take him, not seriously from the top 25 fantasy starter standpoint, but we should probably take him seriously on the back end of mixed leagues. Because I do think he has a skill set to get by. I just don't think he's a great pitcher. I think he has skills to get by outside of cores. Tell me what to make of these splits. Home, 3.14 ERA, 1.05 whip, 
away. 4.43 ERA, 1.48 whip. Is that just noise that we should ignore? Probably, yes. The only suspicion I have is, is there something about the mentality of pitching in Coors Field that he adapts to? That maybe he does have a very distinctive approach that's different at Coors Field. That would I, I actually think that would work against him if he was traded outside, because then he'd have to shift everything. But it, it might, as you said, be simply noise. Framber Valdez just walked someone while I was thinking of talking about him. What do you think of Framber? Because it seems to me like he's really hard to hit, but every outing, that's six walks in two of his past three outings. And one of them was against Texas with nary a hit allowed, but six walks. He only meant six innings. Like, and I, I want to like this guy, but I'm having trouble doing so. Yeah, it, it's bringing to mind the problems he had in his minor league career. And those actually were not the things I thought this year were going to come back to haunt him in terms of regression. I thought it was just going to be simply uh, luck on batted balls. I just don't think he misses, in general, enough bats to be an elite pitcher. I think he's a good pitcher. I just don't think he's going to be a great one for fantasy. Carlos Carrasco is written into the schedule at home against the Reds. More innings pitched, more starts the rest of the season. Carrasco or David Price? Price on both. Really? Yes. Okay. So Price will be in the Dodgers rotation for four innings every outing. You don't think Carrasco will be healthy enough to finish the season for the Mets? I I think Price might get to the point that he gives you the final four to five starts of this year are pretty decent ones. Why wouldn't the Mets let Carrasco go six innings? I think they want to. That's the intent. If all goes well and everything does go straight up in a neat curve, he should be excellent over the final six weeks of the season. The problem I have is that he was not that great during the rehab uh, stint. He was well, very one bad, one good. One, right. one bad, one good. That's what it was. I, right, but I don't like seeing that because it's difficult to latch on to only the one good rehab stint, especially when you're trying to ramp the guy up in the major league rotation. I think it's going to be three turns before we can seriously consider him for fantasy. Don't you? Uh, rest? No, I don't. I'm ready to go right away. Um, There's no way is- you could start him Friday. Are you starting him Friday? No, but I'm adding him to my teams, and I'd rather have him than David Price. I think the Mets will let Carrasco pitch deeper into games than the Dodgers will Price. They go have a better shot at wins. I think the schedule looks fine for the Mets. Well, actually, it's a difficult schedule for the Mets, but I don't feel that they're going to be treated the same way. And the second uh, rehab outing for Carrasco was actually excellent. So I'm going to say he had six strikeouts in area walk and three innings. Um, I, I see what you're saying. I think it's all fair. Maybe I'm more down on price than you are. Uh, maybe neither of these guys are top 50 starting pitchers, but I think Carrasco's available in a lot of leagues, and I would pick him up. I'm I would clinging, start him Friday. I'm clinging to the downside worries I have, and I'll say that August 4th is going to tell you how wrong I am on Carrasco. That's an at-Miami game. That's a great matchup. If he doesn't step up for that, you're going to be singing a different tune the next day. Uh, I don't sing tunes. There's no lift victory laps on this show. We were right and wrong about a lot of things. I don't keep track. Saturday That's not schedule. A victory lap. You're going to be singing a different tune as in you're going to jump off. Oh, you mean if he, gets, if he gets lit up against if Miami? That Miami game does not go right. well. You are not going to be as optimistic about him. That's right, well, the game. And you can hammer me on the show. I, I, I'm investing. Um, you know, I don't blame I mean, you. I really don't. Maybe I'm I, right. I want to believe. I just I traded believe. Uh, Josiah Gray in a league. He's at Arizona on Saturday. It's the same problem as with David Price. I don't think the Dodgers are going to let him throw 80, 90 pitches in any starts. Gray's a building block piece in Dynasty. I'm thinking that's about where it stops. I, I I don't know if he's going to help you much this season. And, you know, with young starting pitchers, you never know for the future. Uh, so I'm, I'm just really careful here. Like Tristan McKenzie should be great by now. He's not. He's walking everybody. 
I, I just investing in young pitching is really dangerous to me. I'd rather have Marco Gonzalez, you know, and got at Texas on Friday or Saturday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Texas, you know, and, and he wasn't, he's not, he hasn't been that great. John oh, means at Detroit on Saturday. Bad. Uh, Lions, the Lions won 17-14 yesterday. A, a note to watch on Seattle's. We don't know Tyler Anderson's start date. So that rotation will change this weekend. Gonzalez, And then again, if Gonzalez gets dropped into the Tampa series on Monday, pitching in that's Tampa, not so that's not bad either. Yeah. It's not as great as Texas, but it's not bad. John Means, you're, you're in on him rest of the year? I try to get him in my AL only league. So yeah, you can see I am. Detroit is a good matchup for him. He gets uh, home Tampa Bay in the next start after that. The there there will be opportunities for him. I I yeah, I'd buy. And then I baseball on ESPN. It's the Red Sox at the Rays. Nick Pavetta, who seems to start every Sunday night game. Again, Shane McClanahan, who I know you love. Um yeah, rest of the season. I, I think that's a fair thing. McClanahan or Pavetta, who you got? Ooh. You have to say McClanahan. <sighs> Yeah, I do. I want. Yeah, the 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 performance per batter faced. Yeah, I'll take McClanahan. Hey, what what? Nick Pavetta is a really hate you. ERA. Really, you you no, irrationally I, hate Pavetta. You do. You do. I don't know what Pavetta know has. What Pavetta has value. It's not great value, but he has value. You haven't given him any credit the whole year. You're right. I haven't because his ERA is 4.51 and his WHIP is 1.34. He's got a lot of strikeouts. His last three outings, four earned, four earned four earned mm-hmm. and then a start before that yep. six earned yep i'm not sure what how he's helping you right now i mean all i, all I know is i'm not saying he's awesome slate. i've got him on my points team i don't have a major problem with him this is a tampa matchup it's not a terrible one for him he gets at toronto next Ugh, don't like that one at all that's the way i would approach him there will be games you want to start him I, i'll agree with that i mean i'd take pavetta over vince velasquez of course i'm not i'm not crazy i'm just saying like you know pavetta tyler anderson all right i'll take pavetta there there's a lot of strikeouts but He's hurting you as much as he's helping you over the past month. In fact, more. Austin Gomber at San Diego. Uh, no, not interested. You probably are, but I'm not. No, gosh, no. Don't assign me Austin. Why do you try to assign me Austin Gomber? All the- I'm not a Gomber guy, and I had him in my sim league. He just doesn't miss bats at all. I don't know how he- he's been a magician this year when he's had success. Hasn't he? I Yeah, I just don't see much there. Rather, he's had a very I mean- good year, but... He's no, he's no Matt Moore. Let's put it that way. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the Phillies expect to win games by throwing out Matt Moore and Vince Velasquez and you know, oh, I don't know, whatever. I have a chance, Robbie Ray. I have a chance to trade for Robbie Ray in a league, but it costs a lot. What you you, you win on Robbie Ray? Yeah. What's the price? Well, it's 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 a weird kind of league, so you can't like it's not like that. But it's like uh, it's the highest draft pick I have essentially. Um, and Can you win? I don't think so. But I'm, I'm just about all in on Robbie Ray. I'll put it that way. I mean, I mean, so we're over the fears from last year. Oh, we've been for months. I know I should be. You were you were on the last show. I'm going to re- remind you I that you're, you're a believer now. I am. I just I can't believe what I'm seeing still. One of the problems we're going to face as we go into these final two months is that some of the more questionable or innings cap, you know, limited guys are going to start dropping off the map entirely. They're going to be useless from a fantasy perspective. I don't think that's going to happen so much with guys like Robbie Ray, and that's going to enhance his value. Even if the ERA and the whip regress, he could take a hit of a quarter to a half run on ERA and still survive it based on the value relative to replacement. Don't you think? 
I, I agree with you. And I know the right thing to do here. I'm just, it's also because of, I, I have no leverage in this trade. All right, let's get Kyle in here and let's talk about uh, some trivia and some hash browns. Kyle, what do you got? We'll open up with some trivia about a pitcher doing it kind of his own way. There's two players that rank in the top 10 in quality starts this year that strike out less than a batter per inning. Kyle Hendricks basically is the namesake of this stat. I want to know who the other one is this season. We'll go with hash browns first, though. John wants to know if Jazz Chisholm is now considered an injury-prone player with multiple trips to the IL this season. Uh, I am not there yet on that title, um, but he has missed considerable time. So that's kind of a big title to slap on somebody because once you get it, like Byron Buxton and stuff, like once you put it on somebody, it really doesn't come off. I know, but (laughs) it, it, it takes a lot for it to come off. I mean, we've seen a lot of good from Chisholm. He has 11 homers, 11 steals, not a good walk rate. He's going to swing and miss a lot, but like, I like this guy. I just, I like watching him play. I think he could be a 2020 guy. I'm not going to call him brittle yet. Tristan, are you calling him brittle? No, the, the first thing I like to do for a player at this stage of his career is dig deeper into the minor league injury data. Cause it's tough to get, he's got a pair of dis, uh, disabled stints. One came in 2017 and one in 2018. I'd want to look at those a little more carefully. As a matter of fact, it looks like he missed all of 2017 with an injury. I'll have to uh, dig into that. That, no, that could come I, into played, play. He played 2017 at age 19 at single A. Um, but I, I yeah, he was he was he was put on the like the the, the log has some some put of the on. season. He's actually hitting lefties, so that that ain't the issue. Um, right, right. I think the only issue here is strikeout rate, which is considerable, 30. percent That's but changing. No, so like I I this is not a good comp. But why can't he be Ozzy Albies with more speed? He doesn't have the hit tool that Albies does. I don't think Albies has the hit tool we think Albies does, but okay. No, but then that, if you consider what Albies' hit tool is, saying that Chisholm's isn't even Albies is kind of damning. So what's he like then? What's the comp on on him, on Jazz Chisholm? Because that's a 2020 guy who hits 250. So who who currently. Walk wise, I don't know if he fits, but Jonathan VR. Uh, VR is a lot faster than that. I mean, how about a, a, right, a left-handed Whit Merrifield, who people don't realize is not getting on base. If if you want to trade for Whit Merrifield, go ahead. He can play a couple positions. He can steal your base, but not a lot of power and not a walk right there. So I don't think I don't think Chisholm comps to anybody. He's not Merrifield with the hit tool either. Yeah, I don't see. It's very very hard to find a comp for the style of player that Jazz Chisholm is. All right, then let's from, let's from, maybe our Twitter uh, listeners will have a good comp for Jazz Chisholm. Kyle, what do you got? You're usually the comp man, Eric. Usually that's your lane. Um, I made a bad comp, but I, he's, he's right. There's, it's hard to, you know, you want to come up with a lefty hitting middle infielder with power and speed and no batting average. Yeah, and I'm example. looking through it. And <laughs> comps are horrible. Comps are so, always horrible. They're so hard. I think you're, you might have too many filters on this one. Like forget the left yeah. part. It's it's like they're the most unfair thing we could do to to baseball players and football players. Mike Claver just wrote about that. I saw yeah, anybody. <laughs> we got the NBA draft tonight, and we're gonna say, hey, this guy profiles like LeBron James. He profiles like a guy once in a generation. Like no pressure. Like like Jason Dominguez is the next Mickey Mantle. Right. Oh yeah. Let's set what the bar. What could possibly go wrong? 
yeah, come on. Let's set a reasonable bar. Why not? <laughs> Mike wants to know if he should sweat Carlos Rodon's innings being limited down the stretch here. Hasn't thrown more than 125 innings in each of the last four seasons. I don't think this is going to be a major problem in fantasy. Um, I think they have a shot to win the World Series. And I think he was removed in his last outing because he was bad. But before that, he's getting to 100 pitches. He's striking everybody out. It's eight strikeouts every outing until the last one. So, and I haven't heard a lot of rumblings about this out of the White Sox. You know, this is a 28-year-old pitcher on a one-year deal. I don't think they care much about his future. I, I That's a terrible thing to say, okay? But I think the White Sox are like a college baseball pitching coach right now. They're like, we can win the World Series. We're throwing them out there. And I know Keith Law would, would shudder at that because he yeah. always rips these, these college coaches who let their pitchers throw 140 pitches. But... I don't think the White Sox are going to change Rodon's innings. Maybe he'll tire. He'll get tired in September, but I don't see any evidence of that happening right now. And I I don't think you agree with me on this, Tristan. That's okay. But no, I'm just thinking that that was probably the roughest copy you've ever delivered <laughs> because there are some college programs they, they ruin that young arms, use arms. And they do it so they can the win. Pros. And I, I kind of think the White Sox are like, we have a shot to win the World Series. And they do have a shot to win the World Series. I don't think Rodon is getting babied at all in September. I see where you're, I see where you're saying about the way that, that the White Sox manager might manage these pitchers. But in his and the teams and the organization's defense, Rodon is on pace for 160 innings. And they actually have done a very good job of keeping his innings in check. The concerns that I have are they might need to preserve some of that for the playoffs. Is that going to come into the equation? But I also think they could run away with that division, clinch it early, and give Rodon the rest in September. So that only becomes an issue in the head-to-head leagues with playoffs. I don't, I don't see teams preserving innings for the playoffs. You can't do that in this day and age. I, you, you can't Steven say. Strasburg. And it worked terribly. Look at him. He's done. Teams Thirty-one. Still, he is done. Still playing it. Yeah, he he had a couple good years though. You gotta. You can't he just did. say it the ruined year they his shut career. him down in September. Okay was dumb it didn't yes, work it was it was you can't protect dumb. these arms they can get hurt at any time yep Rodon is not on a six-year hundred million dollar contract he's playing for a contract I'm they should you, they should let up. him go i don't have any issue with that i don't think it's going to impact him that much if they want to skip a start after they clinch that's great that's fine but you know what the dodgers are going to do that with bueller and all these other yeah. teams are going to do the same exact thing so i yeah. am not putting Rodon in his own category here of a guy being shut down i just don't mm-hmm. see it Right, They've now. done a good job with him. So then what tier would you rank him the rest of the way then for pitching? Is he in that second tier? He's a borderline he's top, top 15 10. if he was yeah. a 200 inning guy. He's a top 15 right. starting pitcher. Okay, and, so he's and he's going to have the strikeouts of a 200 inning guy. So I'm not even that worried about the innings being a differentiator. I mean, where is he in the player rate right now? I, he, I, he's got to be top 10. Let me look. Yeah, he is. He's number uh, eight. Yep. Otani, DeGrom, Bueller. Woodruff, Gosman, Cole, Wheeler, and Otani is separate because that's all hitting. He's the number seven starting pitcher for the season. Number seven. So he's ahead of Lance Lynn. It's Scherzer. I, yeah, I think this is a monster. I'm Interestingly, not, uh, he's right next to Freddie Peralta and they comp extremely similarly. Yeah, Milwaukee's going to do the same thing. I, I Milwaukee's already started messing with Peralta's innings. The White Sox have not rode on. Anyway, to answer this question long-windedly, I do not think they're actually the same. I think Rodon is going to get to keep throwing a million pitches and in innings because the White Sox are, are – they think differently than the Brewers do, which is fine. We'll see how it ends up. Alrighty then. Peralta is their property for years, and the, and the White Sox-Rodon is a free agent. That's a big difference. 
Yeah, it's like a running yeah, that's back. That's a in the fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So that could actually help him then. The, oh, yeah. His contract could well help him here. It will. Or fantasy managers, at least. Dylan wants to know what's your rest of season outlook on Adolis Garcia? Ugh. You notice we skipped him in the Rangers outfield talk. Well, because we could, because he was playing every day anyway, so there's nothing changing. Although he's now missing, you know, a big bat next to him. I mean, that's a fair thing to say, right? I mean, you know, the Marlins lineup is a lot worse now without Marte. Our Dallas Garcia for like the last two months has been terrible. He's been bad, like unusable, horrible bad. Yeah, I benched him in a league for Dylan Carlson. Um, There's a reason we didn't discuss him before. Uh, and it took him an extra two months, but is this your Mercedes? Oh, gosh. Is that a fair oh, comp? No, that's not unfair. He's quicker. Mercedes <laughs> had one month and, and Adoles Garcia had two and a half? Yeah. I, I mean, we mentioned that the drawback for Garcia was an aggressive approach at the plate that's going to come back and be exploited against him. You can't have 19 walks and 113 strikeouts and get away with it. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Gallo yep. leads the league in walks. Adoles Garcia walks, you know, twice a week. It's not, yep. not, it's not working out. And there's, and, and without, I mean, you know, lineup protection, I know it's ridiculous, but without other big boppers in that lineup, this lineup doesn't scare opposing pitchers. They want to try to get him fishing at the expense of a possible walk. They know he's not going to, I think we're going to see that happen more often. I don't I, think he comes back. I don't think he does game. either. And I think, um, I think you could drop him right now, actually. The top most added outfitters are in ESPN leagues are Harrison Bader, Enrique Hernandez, Dalton Varsho, also a catcher, Eric Hazi, also a catcher, Akil Badu, Jorge Soler. Would you rather have Soler the rest of the season or Adolis Garcia? It might be Soler now. Yeah, it might well be. Bader was the one that came to mind. Is Bader Garcia? Comparison. I take Bader because he can run. Um, I think catchers, you might be changing to somebody else before the end of the year, but I'm with I, you there. I think Jorge Soler over Adolis Garcia right now. Robbie Grossman, Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, actually, I'm out on Adolis Garcia. Yeah. Vaughn's still available in 50% of ESPN standard leagues. How about that? Garcia yeah. is available in 12. It's very strange. All right. Last question is a dynasty one from Dave. He wants to know, Badu or Kyle Lewis, if you're looking long term? I saw that one, and I thought that's a really interesting one. Because if you want to talk about somebody we can call brittle, can't we do that with Kyle Lewis now? That's a knee injury that's, even when they fix it, aren't we going to worry about Kyle Lewis's knee for the next couple of years? You know, his rookie of the year season was, you know, 262, 11 homers, 28, five steals. I think it's Badu now. What do you, Badu, think? Really? Well, what's, I, what is Kyle Lewis? Is Kyle Lewis a 25 homer, 250 guy? The injury thing is the, is the hook here. Isn't Badu a 25 homer, 250 guy now? No. Why not? I don't. I that kind of power. I just don't think he's that good a baseball player. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's. I think that's a very good player, and I don't think that's him. His he's profile four, is. He's four years younger. I mean that that he's does taking weigh. walks. Yeah, he's slugging four ninety six with a good on base, and you know, yes, I'd like to see him be competitive against lefties, but against right hand, you know, you're going to hate this comp, but check out the splits. Lefty uh-huh. righty for Jared Walsh and Akil Badu. Pretty uh-huh. similar. You know, everybody loves Jared Walsh. Well, isn't Badu doing what Walsh is doing? No. Some degree? Look at nope. his splits. He's well, the splits, yeah, but not they're they're not the same power wise. They're just not. So you want Kyle Lewis in a dynasty? I'm not excited by either of the these. Yeah, I probably would, yeah. I probably would. 
Badu was a speed-only guy when he came into the Twins organization. Do you really think he's improved his game by leaps and bounds, that he's going to be a reliable batting average home run guy? Because I think it's going to be variable year over year. I think, I think maybe, he might be Tyler Naquin. I think he's living a little bit on, a, on BABIP right now, and 25 homers is aggressive. But 15 homers and 25 steals for a few years? He's a walker. I'm kind of in here. Who's that other dude? There was another Cleveland outfielder who was lefty. It was not Naquin. It was another guy like He's got more power. Um, Not Zimmer. I hope you're not thinking of him. Maybe a little Zimmer-like, but Zimmer's was an injury. I don't think you're giving Badu a whole lot of credit here. Um, Zimmer was actually a very good prospect, considered better than Badu at the time, and he got injured a lot. Injured shoulder, yeah. couldn't. But right now, Kyle Lewis, the knee worries me. But uh, it's probably the right thing to do to take Lewis, but man, I really want to take Badu here. But I guess we'll see in a year or two. All right. Tristan, next three years, give me the average Badu line. 500 at bats a year. He probably doesn't even see. 500 a year? 500 a year. Give me average homers and steals. 240, 12, and 19. That's not terrible. What's Kyle, is Kyle Lewis going to do better than that? Right. That's what I mean. Like, I, I, I see the case you're making here, and neither guy excites me. All right. That, that's valuable information, though. You're kind of out on both. It, both generated excitement at different points. Take an old guy instead. That's that's <laughs> yeah. Guy. You know, you I would I'd rather build, <laughs> build my team today and don't care about tomorrow. I probably would go that way faced with this question. All right. Jim Tomey or Badu, Eric? <laughs> I like Badu. All right, we'll get back to trivia here. There are two pitchers in the top ten in quality starts striking out less than a batter per inning. Kyle Hendricks does this every darn season. Who is the other one? For some context, this pitcher has 14 quality starts. Adam Wainwright. If it's Austin Gomber, I am out of here. (laughs) Adam Wainwright is wrong. He has 12 quality starts, and Austin Gomber will not be the answer to any trivia question I ever ask. Thank God. I promise (laughs) you that. I'm so embarrassed. Um, Uh, Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya is tied with Wainwright with 12 quality starts. Sandy. Sandy Alcantara is the correct answer. 14 quality starts. He has as many as Garrett Cole. Goes deep into games and he never wins. <laughs> I, I, Let's I show him what he's won. Play. Eric is like money on these questions lately. <laughs> he's so good. I just I, have him in the league and I know he's throwing 78 innings every start. I'm not good at this. It's it just, looks I, good though, doesn't it? Like, are you in on Sandy Alcantara? I, I know am, we're in on I, every single Marlins pitcher from now on. I have him on a sim team where I would get this year's stats next season. So that's why I was interested in looking him up. And I like the fact that he'll get like an excellent, you know, start rating. Uh, the whip is low. He'll be durable. But the K rate does concern me a little bit. Okay. But uh, he's good. Sandy Alcantara is good. Now, he doesn't translate so great out of Miami in these leagues. But right, that's part right. of this, you know. But um, I've got I it. think he can be an ace. What? Sandy Alcantara is where you are not giving Miami as an organization enough credit on Jesus Lazaro. That is a guy who has improved his skill set over the past two to three years. They made him. Into this. They got him in what? The Azuna trade from the Cardinals? Yes. Alcantara. He was a and really they good prospect. Him. Oh, I'm not saying Miami can't improve Lazardo, but Lazardo's problem right. isn't just his skills, his changeup. His problem is also staying healthy. So yes. Yes. Alcantara has been durable from day one. Yes. So uh, oh, my software needs to install. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 you're right. I mean, there, there are plenty of reasons to question that, but that is one of the examples. And Elijah Hernandez was also on the track to it at the beginning of the year. Yes. I, I'm curious to see what Miami's developmental 
approach over the next couple of years with pitchers is they have a fascinating group of young arms. Like you said, I think they made a great trade. I, you, you trade away Marte for Lizardo. That's a great trade for Miami. They don't have any offense. Maybe they weren't going to sign Marte anyway. So it's a good trade. And Seattle, I think you made a great trade too. Kendall Graveman for the next two months. God only knows what his numbers are going to be. And then he's a free agent. Abraham yeah. Torre, you have for five years. It's a really good trade. He's replacing Kyle Seager next year when Seager goes somewhere else. So I like these trades. We're going to see more of them. I can't wait to see what Scherzer goes for. Kimbrell. I don't know if the Phillies are going to be doing anything. I don't know what the Phillies have to trade. So it's going to be interesting to see. But that is it for today's show. Um, any final thoughts, Tristan? Can't wait to see what the trade deadline brings. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm too excited. <laughs> all right. That is all for today. Turn on baseball. Watch it today. Hopefully we got some good stuff. Um, anyway, that is it for today. Tristan, I'll be writing up the trades that happen in the next two days. And then, then there will be another show on Monday. Thank you so much to Tristan. Happy Cockroft and Kyle Sapi. Fantasy Focus Baseball has been presented by LinkedIn Jobs. I am Eric Caraba. Please have an awesome and safe weekend.